It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. It is an Articles of News episode and the long-awaited travelogue, the how did it go, the what was Finland like, the investigative report from the front lines of authorship. Uh, we welcome Annette Luthi Lyon back to the hello, Cultural Hall. Hello, hello. Thank uh, you, if, thank you. If your seat was warm, it's because I sat there so that, uh, you know, you could uh, you you could come back and you wouldn't feel like you'd missed a single thing. I just wanted appreciate to keep it because it, 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 it was nice and warm. Yep. Nice and wintry over there, so yeah. you know, appreciate the warmth here. How was Finland in the springtime? Uh, still pretty wintry. Although I came back to Utah and then it, I it, it it continued here too, which was obnoxious. But um, but yeah, it was it was fabulous. So here. Yeah. Here's a lesson for the rest of the world. And maybe as soon as I start saying, telling the story, I'm sure half of our listeners will go, uh-oh. Oh, no. Another half will go, what? I didn't know this. Okay. Um, so it was supposed to be a trip. Um, my husband and I were going to go together. He's been there once before in 2008, briefly, when he visited my parents while they were um, on a mission there. Um, but this is going to be a research trip, largely. And I um, have been back a few times since. Um, so the night before, you know, we're packing everything up and I get on the app and we're, you know, checking in with our tickets and on his, it says, make sure he brings his visa to the airport. And I'm like, that's okay. weird. Um, that's gotta be an error. Cause I, yeah, that's odd. Um, and so we start doing some digging and we discover that because his passport expires sooner than six months from the day we get back. Okay. He can't enter the the he can't enter. They call it, I can't remember what they call it. It's it's, it's a, most of the European Union that the some big German word referring to okay. all of these areas. He couldn't go. He needed to have a visa if your if your passport expires within six months of your return. And the idea, I guess, is that like oh you'll want to stay. Clearly, well, sure. If ever, if anyone's ever been to Finland, they know that they'll never want to leave. But or anywhere else in this area, but most huh. of the European Union. You can't get in. You can't get out. You cannot board the flight in Salt Lake on Delta to get. I mean, it was we're like, what is even going on? Apparently you can um, there's like a waiver process you can do. And I'm like, oh, here's this website. Great. If within a couple of hours, you can get this waiver. We'll do a background check. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, the whole website looks like it's ready to go. And then like the small print says, oh, this won't be functional to 2024. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, okay, now what? Um, wait, so wait, we, wait, pause though. I'm grateful yeah. to know because when you started into that, I was like, oh no, is this a website that has been established for people just like yourself who are desperate? And then it ends no. up just being a scam phishing thing. And so you give them all of your personal information because you're like, oh no, we need to get this person into this country because of this thing. It's real. And it ends up that they're just stealing your identities. So it could be worse, I suppose. Yeah, it's, we did all, we, yeah, we looked, anyway, long story short, um, we had some prayers and thoughts and figured things out, and I went by myself. Um, that is insane. It was, yeah, it was. And so he's like, you know, this is going to, I'm going to feel stupid going back to work after saying I'm going to be gone for the next two weeks. I think I'll take a day off at least. I'm like, good call. Yeah. Um, and then he's, t- he's telling everybody else this, and, and some of his coworkers were like, you let your wife travel alone? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And then he's like, well, Kate, number one, like Europe's pretty safe and Finland's like even safer than most of Europe. Sure. Um, she's also done this before. She's traveled before by herself. She's also an adult. Um, mm-hmm. And then like he's telling this one, um, this this administrative assistant um, secretary type woman, she's who's just a, an absolute doll. She's um, probably old enough to be my mother, basically. She, he, he begins the story with her. He goes, well, so she went on her own anyway. And she goes, oh, well, of course she did. Yes. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> And then he tells her about the whole passport situation. She goes, oh, of course, because apparently she does a lot of booking of travel mm. um, at work. So she already knew. Anyway, it was, it's been, it's, it's been an adventure on that point. Um, so I went by myself um, and at first it was, that was like a very sad thing, but one, sure. it turned out, it turned out to be um, weirdly like, I'm like this, it was, it was a, such a good trip anyway. Um, and in some ways I, I could go eat and sleep and go wherever I wanted to, whenever I wanted to, without worrying sure. about anybody else. So I was, um, it, w- it was actually a very delightful trip. And in some ways, maybe a tender mercy, not that I wouldn't want my husband there, but it sure. was such a great experience. So I got to do all kinds of amazing research, got to go to this former mental hospital, mm. um, this museum that is 
um, it's only like two years old, but it's devoted to, um, there was this female volunteer corps that existed from about World War One to World War Two, and then Stalin made the Finns disband it. Um, they basically held the country together during wartime, the, 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 built with women. And anyway, one of my books is based on that, and I'm using some of that based on my next one as well. Went to that museum, got to write in the, this library I've been dreaming of writing in. It is the most amazing. Go look, look it up. It's called the OD Library, O-O-D-I. It's only a few years old in Finland. Yeah, it's, it's not nearly as good freaking. as its predecessor, though. The Garfield Library, way better than the OD Library. <laughs> the OD Library. Yeah, yeah. It is... I mean, I, I've seen pictures of it and, and inside and outside. And I thought someday I'm going to write in that library. And I did. And That's it was awesome. glorious. It was got to see old friends. And anyway, it was so, it was fabulous. So can I throw this out there? Can I throw Please. this uh, conspiracy theory at you? Okay. So husband, mm -hmm. loving gentleman, whom I know yes. not well, yes. but I've met, met before, him. Yeah. met him before, cares about you, loves you dearly, wants to be supportive. And so from the get-go is like, babe, yeah, you bet. I'd love to go to Finland on a research trip for your book. All mm -hmm. the while in his mind thinking, I really wouldn't like to do this, but I really want to be supportive. Finds <laughs> out about the passport like, oh, regulation with no. the European Union and then just pretends to be like, oh, I didn't know. Oh, no. Yeah. I, oh, no. I'll have to be you know, home alone where I can do all <laughs> of the things that I want to do without having to answer to anyone to eat what I'd like and everything, everything like that. But back at home, I just want to throw that out there that maybe, you know, just maybe. For so, yeah, I can see that for some people. I will, I will say, though, that like I have been back to Finland since he visited with me in 2008. I've been back three times, mm -hmm. right? Two times, two times. Anyway. Um, and he kept going, I'd like to go back. Can we go back together? I'd, I'd like to go with you sometime, you know? And then, and then, um, in 2019, we actually took a big trip to England mm -hmm. for our 25th anniversary. And that he's kind of been a homebody largely. He's like, oh, we went to Yellowstone. That's a vacation. And I'm like, I sure. want to travel. Um, and so the England trip was largely for me because mm -hmm. that's, you know, I'm, I love history and I'm a, I'm a nerd and English major and that's the land of my, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, um, that England trip was so awesome, and he caught the travel bug. He was okay. like, "This okay. rocks!" His souvenir was like this new cool bag he could use for future trips, like literally. Okay. Okay. And he goes, "Every year we're going to go on a trip now. This is going to be awesome." And then 2020 hit, <laughs> so this is going to be our first big trip since England, and uh, that blew up. But I, he really actually did want to go on a trip with me. So, so wherever it was. Has he renewed the passport then now? Is that or underway? Not yet, but it's going to happen because, yeah. And, and we, ha we have a credit um, for his ticket. We were, we were able to get a credit on just for him, not even yeah, though I course. paid for it. Of but, course. you know, anyway, so we have to use it by the end of the year. So we'll there you go. something. Somewhere. Tropical. Don't know where we're going or something what. I'll, tropical. I'll keep my eyes on like the sales and <laughs> that kind of thing. That's great. But, yeah, Good for you. it was fantastic. And I, I got to visit my grandmother's grave, which I hadn't been to since I was about 10. Um, and my grandfather's grave, they're in different cemeteries altogether. It took me three tries to find his grave because uh -huh. all the snow, sure. the ice. Sure. <laughs> anyway. So, so yeah. let me ask you this, any part of it, um, because there, there's a lot of like returning to your homeland, right. And sort of the, mm -hmm. the, uh, the hearts of the daughters turning to the, you know, their, uh, the mother, you know, father, oh, yeah. thing, all yeah. that thing. Uh, any any of that kind of um, like spiritual confirmations or affirmations as part of the trip, or was it largely secular? Uh, this time it was mostly secular. I will say, um, my first time going back after we had our family came back, and so we were there from eighty four to eighty seven, mm -hmm. and then two thousand eight was the first time I went back. So um, that trip was so incredibly spiritual for me. Mm. I cannot even express it. it there were moments. And it, I mean, it's hard to explain because I was there from the ages of 10 to 13, which mm -hmm. is a pretty, that, that that's a, a formative time where sure. I, mean, I went from primary to young woman, I had, you know, my maturation clinic wasn't finished, you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, and so it was, I real I, I, I cried many, many times there. Mm -hmm. Like I'm here, I'm actually here. And I kind of like, uh, we, we got to walk through the old mission home, which is no longer the mission home now. It was in 2008 and the mission president at the time allowed us to walk through. Um, so here's a wild story, true story. I okay. so help me, I swear. Um, from 1987 on, three or four times a year, 
without fail, I had a dream about the mission home and it was always a disturbing, weird, unsettling dream. Okay. And it's like, as dreams are, it's like, oh, there's the new wing we didn't know about, or it wasn't, it wasn't always the way it burned it, it down really was. and everyone inside of it. Sure. Yeah, I do, the same stuff. thing, same dreams. Just weird, weird <laughs> stuff. It was very, it was a, always an, an unnerving feeling. Um, and those dreams just wouldn't go away. And I just literally every year, three or four times a year for 20 years. Um, and after when 2008 went, well, I got to walk through again. And I swear, turning around like every corner, like this is my old bedroom. And I went down over, I could almost see like little child me turning around the corners and running, you know. Mm -hmm. um, it was this a really amazing experience. And then we, as we we're ready, getting ready to leave, my husband knew that this was this this was like a home home for me. Sure. And he said, "Are you sure you want to leave? You want to stay a little bit longer?" And I said, "No, I think I think I'm okay. I I, I do." Um, and then we closed the door, and I have not had a, a dream since. Really? One, yeah, it's like seriously, my psyche or something, my spirit didn't have that closure before. I don't know what it was, but. I, I knew it was, uh, I'm going to cry. It really was kind of like a spiritual thing. I had to go back and kind of put a bow around that. And part of the, of the mission home had been, you know, remodeled. Mm -hmm. I don't really remember what the remodel looked like. Wow. In my, in my head, it was, it, it, I went in there and I, I got to say goodbye to that little girl and hmm. collect her and bring her home. I mean, it was, I don't know. So yeah, there's, there, I got to go to our old chapel in 2008. I've actually been back that chapel several times um and all that kind of thing but this time i was kind of bummed i was hoping to go to um the chapel that my parents first met in which i have never been oh, to inside interesting that'd be kind um, of fun but i then i got i got a really bad cold and i was like i need to just rest and so i actually didn't end up going to church that sunday um but judgment cast i know cast I, I don't want to get people you? sick at that point <laughs> i didn't know if it was covid i'm like i better just stay in yeah. my airbnb and and rest so I, without I still my have a husband list. who's at home interestingly i yeah. can't get in touch with him he's unavailable it's he hasn't i haven't <laughs> so been bizarre. able to talk to him since our I kids left. though it's our so kids crazy. go so bad that they came over and gave him brought him pizza and hung out with him oh one night. It was that's sweet. so he must have yeah. oh, he hated that i bet yeah. uh you know uh <laughs> As we record this, this is uh, the week that sun, uh, this past Sunday was Easter. Um, the thing that I wish to quickly address is we, I think we have finally figured out worship service in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints on Easter Sunday. The hour-long Jesus-centered Easter Sunday, yep. I think we got it. Instead of having, it's, it's just another Sunday and maybe yep. there's a musical number or two, yep. but the whole yep. thing is, it's not a, the sacrament meeting that's all about food storage or yep. any other topic. It's nope. Jesus Christ. Yep. And now go home. And, and, and I'll tell you what, you know, just like, uh, you know, the joke obviously is that, you know, the C and E Catholics, the Christmas and Easter Catholics. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people make that joke. Um, there were lots of people in my ward house on Sunday and I didn't know a lot of them. And and to have them come and have them be welcomed with a message of not, hey, you need to be doing this, or I can't believe of this, or, you know, or, you know, open mic Easter Sunday, right? None of that. It was a very focused, we had the primary sing, so you get, you know, you get the the parents or like the half member families where, you know, the, the mom or the dad doesn't go, so... They came to see their kid yeah. perform on the Easter Sunday. Then you had the the um, all of our youth, the young men and young women. They sang a song. The ward choir sang a song. We had the uh, bishop said a, a quick something, and then one talk centered completely on the the uh, love and kindness of Jesus. Amen. Go home. And people lingered and said, you know, hey, how are you? Wow. Great to see you. Uh, it it was amazing the way Yay. that i just walked away from it and was like yep okay there that's, may be some things that we're is. still trying to figure out but that that one i think we've got on lock so i do think it's like you mentioned the christmas and easter christians that's one of the only times they go to church i think it's it's ironic and kind of awesome that for us we're like one hour instead of two or three in the sure. past and they go home sure and less time at church more time with your family i think that's yep. kind of fun for us yeah and so. to be able to contemplate and think and th you know all the things and uh and I, and I like that. I like that quite a bit. Yes, so way to go sure. us. We've got a thing figured out. Now we can start working on some other stuff. Let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, we've got a big old section of news we're going to do for you today. Travel the globe and good and bad and 
and disheartening and heartening and all the all the types of news, all the things coming back in the second half of Articles of News. Hey, you guys wanted to talk to you about a new voice app on the Amazon Alexa. It's made by the church, that is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and it's geared for kids and grandkids aged 4 to 11. It's called the Friend Magazine Skill, and it allows your kids to play the Friend Magazine from an Amazon Alexa smart speaker. Now, here's what's cool about it. Each month, it's going to include new stories and new music from the Friend Magazine. It's, uh, you know, a thing that your kids, they know what it is. In fact, if you said, hey, kids, enable the Friend Magazine skill, they've already done it before you even ask them. And the best part is it's free. It's built by the church, so there is no advertisements or any content that you need to worry about. And it's a fun, great way to help your kids learn about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's called the Friend Magazine Skill. Be sure to enable it on your Amazon Alexa smart speaker. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. BestDJinUtah.com. It's been a while since we've had a new one of these, and I apologize for that. It's because I've been so busy DJing events all over the country. Uh, but especially here in Utah, been able to do some great, uh, you know, weddings. I've done a, a prom or two for different listeners of the cultural hall. I love it when you uh, reach out to me at bestdjinutah.com, or uh, you can find the phone number online as well. I would love it if you say, hey, I heard about you on the cultural hall, because maybe, just maybe, I give a cultural hall discount. Uh, all sorts of events. It doesn't have to be a, a wedding. It could be a community event. Maybe it's a ward or youth activity. I'm doing one of those this summer. In fact, just lock the deal down on that. Uh, whatever it may be, if you need music to accompany your event or you just need a great MC, I would love to be able to help you out. You're simply going to need to go to bestdjinutah.com. Hi, friends. Dan the Laptop Man here from PC Laptops. Our lifetime service guarantee has become the most trusted warranty in the industry. You can get a brand new PC Laptops desktop computer, and they start at only $29 a month. Check us out at PCLaptops.com. Here in the second half of Articles of News, we do actual Articles of News. Hit it, Peter. And away we go. A couple quick things. Uh, things that we may be, uh, you know, they're worth mentioning, certainly, but, uh, you know, a couple of them are a little bit older and a couple of them, it's just like, oh, that's interesting. How about that? Um, one is that uh, Temple Square, that is the Salt Lake Temple and surrounding areas, that the completion date for that has been pushed back again, 2026 for the entire area, including the temple, to be done, though... Uh, some of the area starting to be completed now, especially that around the um, church office building and some around Temple Square um, starting to be done. Now they have closed, as I understand it, the Joseph Smith Memorial Building. Uh, also, the Lion House is, is now closed and unable to be entered into anymore. Um, but all of that area to be completed 2026 previously was supposed to be 2025. So just a year, but could potentially be as much as 22 months and still be accurate if it was early 2025 and it opens late 2026. I, I mean, at this point, I don't even remember what Temple Square looked like. It's been so long. Yeah, seriously. It's just I've, covered in construction and scaffolding. And Yeah, I've been uh, I've been a time since they closed it down. Uh, I have a friend who works in, in one of the high rises just to the south and was able to get up and sort of look down in. Pretty cool. But, you know, you, you sort of look at it, and if you don't know what they're doing, you're like, okay, it looks like the temple, and they dug the dirt away from it. Uh, but fascinating to know that it'll be retrofitted and and good to go and and all the things. 2026, count it down. 26, that's awesome. So the fun thing, a little, so I, I had four of my books are about the four old Utah temples and their construction, so I did a ton of research about the construction. Mm -hmm. So fun little detail about the Salt Lake Temple construction. Yes. Um, Brigham Young, not even kidding, in a general conference, he was trying to lobby to have the building made out of, not kidding, adobe. 
Oh, I remember actually hearing that. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, which he he somehow thought that would last through the millennium, like um, dude. Um, yep. but so and some people have told the story before. I'm not sure, but the, so the thing that that blew my mind as I'm reading this, I was like, what in the heck? Because he saw it in vision. Could he not tell this wasn't mud? Yeah. <laughs> like, what the heck, dude? Um, but oh, then in my know, research. I mean, I get- uh, that that's an interesting question. How specific are visions, right? Like, but here's the like, cool. Oh, okay. I know. I know. I completely. The, I actually think that Revelation is far trickier than we think. Mm-hmm. To the to the point that, like, I mean, so Captain Moroni on a slightly different tangent here. He felt like God told him go home and kick the horns, butt, basically. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's exactly how it reads, actually. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and he's you know, God told me to go back. I mean, and I believe he had revelation, but he did misinterpret it on some level. And this is Moroni who, you know, the gates of hell would shake if we're all like him. So he still misinterpreted actual revelation. So I do. Th- anyway, but um, so I in, in my research, I came across uh, an excerpt from um, I think it was a captain in it was the U.S. Army when they came and marched through Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, that's, when, that's when they buried the foundation of the temple and kind of evacuated everything and all that. Um, one of those soldiers recorded in his journal that as they're walking through Salt Lake, most of the buildings were built out of adobe, which looks like cut gray stone. Hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's, if he saw in vision, he's like, that looks like most of the buildings that must be Adobe. I mean, that makes sense to me that he thought that's what he saw in vision. And yeah, then, yeah, there, okay. I, isn't that wild? Yes. I, I think that's my theory. And then eventually they actually started building it out of sandstone and then that cracked. And then they ended up going to the little cottonwood quarry instead. Stories about two someday, but um, cool stuff. Why well, took 50 freaking years, but yeah. And then they did it again, and then they buried it and did it again, and then we renovated it, and then we renovated it again, and then we retrofitted it. I don't even think it's any of the same building anymore. I think that they've snuck out the granite pieces when we weren't paying attention. (laughs) I will say like 49 of those years of the 50 was basically the exterior. They didn't do anything on the interior until the last year, basically. So it was just the, the stone. It was very heavy and very far away and hard to get to the temple lot. That was the biggest thing hashtag the more you know uh another kind of random interesting thing um brigham young back in the day since you brought him up uh wrote a letter requesting asylum for latter-day saints um from various governors uh of various states and one of them is up for auction this is the letter that he requested asylum for latter-day saints from new hampshire governor john h Steele. it's signed by brigham young willard richards newell k whitney and george miller uh, it's dated April 24th, 1845, postmarked on May 27th. And uh, as of this recording, and the bidding ends today, uh, it's at thirty, almost $31,000 for that letter that Brigham Young wrote to the uh, New Hampshire governor asking for asylum. Basically because, uh, you know, because Utah, not a state at the time, we needed the protection of another state to be like, come on, please, please help us. No one would. Written in the. Um, I imagine in, some of the that that the value maybe is all the cool signatures on it as well. That's that's sure. seriously cool. Sure. And also this uh this too I you know I mentioned Utah, but this is actually before we had gone west. It was just the saints going, please someone help us. And then of course we push west. So that's kind of a fun artifact. I always am curious about the kind of people who. Uh, who um like buy those kind of things i think it'd be super cool i don't have the money to do so but yeah to have something that would have all of those signatures and that little yeah. piece of church history pretty awesome what have you annette luthi okay. lyons so, um this is the writer side of me this i don't it, it, this was kite the hubbub and the writing and the well in the fantasy reading community as well um in wired the, the online oh magazine, i knew you were going to do this story good i'm glad you <laughs> good. are and there's like probably there's like four links we'll be sending because there's follow-ups and follow-ups. Um, I won't go into everything, of course, but there was a Wired article about Brandon Sanderson, who we've mentioned before, who's, you know, well, it's actually, so at the very beginning of the article actually kind of introduces, oh, where did I go? So, um, he's a member of the church. Member and, of the and... church, American Fork. Um, he is the, well, like the, one of the biggest fantasy authors on the planet. Um, he usually, so the article begins with saying that he usually makes about 10 million a year. 
Mm-hmm. Last year it was 55 because of his Kickstarter, which is the number one Kickstarter in history and, ever. and all this stuff ever. Yeah. And it funded in like hours. It was nuts. Um, anyway, so it was this whole feature on Brandon Sanderson and it was um, kind of mean and obnoxious and like just this guy came out and spent a lot of time with Brandon um, and then writes this and it's like, for, so here's here's one line he says um so he's sitting down at a restaurant with brandon and his wife and he says maybe nobody writes about you because you don't write very well he said this to brandon hmm. <laughs> hmm. like okay dude anyway he makes fun of fantasy readers he makes fun of brandon's writing saying this guy is not interesting he's just kind of this boring guy why do people like him um he, t- he describes his writing group that he got to meet um he says it's the most PG gathering of writer types I've ever been to. I'm like, well, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I I know I know some of the people who go there. I, not a big deal, guys. Um, anyway, it was it, it had this huge hubbub though. Because obviously, you have someone who has fifty five million dollars a year. Um, he's got a lot of fans. Um, among sure. them in my house and family as well. And um, anyway, so his response was so dang classy. He wrote on Reddit. Um. Just, I'm not gonna read the whole thing, obviously, but he basically was like, you know, he goes, um, you know, I appreciate the kind words of support, and you know, he's like, I, I get that Jason, the, the author of the article, um, he felt incredibly conflicted about the fact that he finds me lame and boring, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I'm baffled how he seemed to find every single person on his trip, my friends, my family, my fans, to be worthy of derision, and then later he says, I'm not offended that the true me, um, the true me bores him, honestly. I'm a guy who enjoys his job, loves his family, and is a little obsessive about his story. There's no hidden trauma, no skeletons in my closet, just a guy trying to understand the world through a story. That is kind of boring from an outsider's perspective. I can see how it is difficult to write an article about me for that reason. But at the same time, I'm worried about the way he treats our entire community. I understand that he didn't just talk about me, but about you, meaning his readers. As has been happening to fantasy fans for years, the general attitude of anyone writing about us is that we should be ashamed for enjoying what we enjoy. And that, the tone, feels like it is written during the 80s. Look at these silly nerds liking things. How dare they like things? Don't they know that things they like are dumb? Anyway, and he goes on. But basically, he says, don't attack him. He's a mm-hmm. writer. I understand well, that. Well, because people had. People oh, had yeah. gone after uh, Jason. That's yes. his name. The author. They had completely an onslaught with him. him. Yeah, blasted Which, him. frankly, I wanted to go, he should have predicted that. But um, sure. but yeah, he says, don't don't attack him. He's a writer. I'm a writer. I consider him a colleague. Um, he's a person just like the rest of us. Then there was a, another feature um, that was actually far, it was so good, actually. And it had, had some valid criticisms. And the Brandon was like, yeah, you have a point there, you know, and mm-hmm. of like how his Kickstarter um that might help some people in his in his orbit financially but it's not going to help independent bookstores and and just things like that um and questions about what does does your um dragon steel company pay tithing he's like you know i personally do from my salary but my company does not um anyway things like that it was it was that was that was a really really awesome one and then at, at the end of all of this um he got to kind of pondering and thinking and he wrote this really awesome personal essay about what it was like growing up on the outside, always kind of feeling like you're the outsider, not really fitting in, <laughs> um, and and how writing has kind of changed that for him and fantasies in particular. So I'll we'll send all of those links out so you guys can read all of them. Um, it's fascinating stuff, but it's again Brandon Sanderson is he's uh, just a dude without yeah. skeletons, and he's a decent human being. So yeah. it's. Kind of what it boils down to. Awesome stuff. I look forward to the episode that we do sometime in the future with Brandon Sanderson to be able to ask I him about that him. and about his boring <laughs> life. Tell me about your boring life, Brandon. What else it's do awesome. you do that's boring? Now, I I mean, he's he says it the way that I sort of feel. Um, like a lot of us put, you know, different uh, jobs, positions, uh, whatever, in sort of this, this kind of pedestal mentality. Mm-hmm. And really, if it's just someone who likes what they're doing, sure, it can be cool and it can be a thing that is in a lot of the public eye. But really, it can just be like, nah, listen, I happen to love a thing that other people love and become fanatical about. Mm-hmm. But, I, but it, I, you know, I'm no different than the guy who gets really passionate about cutting the grass or, you know, trimming a tree or insert whatever the job, balancing the budget or doing the book or whatever, right? It's just mm-hmm. a... a it's just a person who loves a thing 
And sometimes those things can garner greater attention. And the fact that I appreciate that he was defending his fans because I, I, I will say that I see this a lot where it's like people will make fun of things like, oh, you like video games? Oh, that's mm-hmm. stupid. Or you like Doctor Who? You like you like Star Wars, Star Trek? It's just like, why bash on people just because they like something you don't like? Like, let, let people like what they like. If it's not hurting anyone and they're well, finding joy in it. makes me feel good. When I bash on other people, it makes me yeah. feel good. And that... Then you're and a horrible me, person. I'm a bigger person when I do it. I feel better about myself. Mm. Fred, that's what it boils down to. So stop it, people. Stop it. Uh, no. Fun, fun, fun. Uh, let me think. Where do I want to go? Here's just a quick little story. I thought this was interesting. Uh, more than 165 years after 19-year-old Joseph Crossley wrote about his journey across the Atlantic on the ship Horizon and died on the plains of Wyoming, His story is being told because the lost journal of the Martin Handcart pioneer, that is Joseph Crossley, was donated to the Church History Library, and you can now read it online. They made it available for people to to be able to see. Joseph Crossley is his name. Super cool. That's it. That's all the story. But I love these firsthand accounts that we get um, as families, as different organizations are turning them over, and as the church is digitizing and making this these things available for us to be able to read. I just love that that it's becoming available. Super cool. That's awesome. That's very cool. Yeah. Super quick, super easy. That's it. What else do you have? So um, this is a, a GoFundMe um, okay. that I wanted to bring up. So I, I so okay, the, the gal behind her, her name is Mo Stewart, and I, I haven't met her in person. She's one of my online friends. We connected back in 2010-ish um, when um, my book, Band of Sisters, came out because she was a... Um, the wife of a of a deployed soldier and she had what was that was what the book was about um but she also had what they called a flat daddy so if you can look those up it's flat daddy flat mommy the idea is you have like a life-size cutout of your deployed parent oh sure and you're, and you're bringing that around and so kids and so she had there was a whole news thing that that her family did and it was like oh don't don't forget your dad in the car and you know and so the kids it, it really helps kids feel like they're closer to their parents like oh the dad can be next to me as i'm reading before i go to bed and you know they take pictures and send them to you, the parent ab- abroad and they can, sure. anyway, it's kind of, it's kind of a cool thing. So I, I raised some money for some flat daddies and that kind of thing. And we've been kind of connected ever since. Um, so she's a member of the church and um, she's got members of her family who are part of the LGBT community and that um, <sighs> people are horrible. Um, so they were able to buy a house. They were so mm-hmm. excited about a year and a half ago. Um, and once it came out that, oh my goodness, someone in that house belongs to that community, there has been massive, massive, horrible vandalism. Just, uh, we're talking like, not not just even like swastika spray paint of horrible things, but also like fire lit up, like bottle rockets aimed at the house that geez. are blowing up in front of her kid's door, uh, like her bedroom door. Her kids are like, they hear a loud noise in the house. Like she actually just bumped a box or something. And they were like, they, one of her kids thought they were being under attack. Yeah. Um, they have some cameras out, but they haven't been able to get enough footage that's clear enough for the police to make a positive identification. Anyway, what they're trying to do at this point is raise money for a fireproof metal panel fence and an enhanced camera system to protect their family and home. So um, I'm like, I, this, this guys, Jesus said, love everyone, you know, let's, let's not attack and let's help you. Let's help this family out so they can protect their own family. So yeah, geez, it's nuts. It, Come yeah. on launch bottle rockets and and cause fear just like jesus would because i'm sure that that's right? what he would yeah. have you do it, it, it makes me so dang oh. mad i just can't oh. even so yeah anyway okay the police are involved but the, again there's only they can't do much without more evidence and that kind of thing so they're just trying to protect themselves uh so. lots of people talking about uh the uh lds church and uh donating the water towards the great salt lake and everything uh, going on like crazy uh, here in the state of Utah right now. Lots of melting. Infecting. In fact, as I was listening to the radio on my way to recording this with you already beginning to have flooding uh, in and around um, Immigration Canyon, where it comes down Red Butte, uh, the stream that comes down through Red Butte Gardens. So all of these are sort of on the east side of um of the Salt Lake Valley. And fascinating to note that the Great Salt Lake already has gone up uh, three feet since where it was last year, which is thousands of acres because the Great Salt Lake is so shallow that when it goes up at all, it just spreads and it's spreads. It's a very and spreads. big lake, yeah. 
might I say two things about that? Should you find yourself living in the state of Utah uh, and and you live around a creek or crick, I guess, as we would say it here in the state, uh, take the opportunity to one, be prepared just in general. And I think that, you know, saints in the Midwest have seen this with tornadoes and saints in the East and blah, 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 right? Be able to be prepared so that you can grab that bag and go anywhere you need to go real quickly, right? And I think that that applies to anyone. And that's maybe how I I, I broaden this so it's not just the people that listen uh, to this in Utah. But should you find yourself living next to or near or downstream from a stream, might I recommend that for your daily practice for the next six weeks, that when you go on a walk, you're walking your dog, or you just decide that maybe you're going to take this into your own hands, that when you uh, find uh, a place that w water streams through a grate, and that grate is blocked with things in the safest way that you possibly can, help clear the grate so that the roads and other things don't, you know, don't put yourself in danger's way. But there are a lot of places where just clearing out the storm drain in front of your house or the grate that's, you know, in the stream that it's not even flowing that much uh, in your neighborhood can make it so that your house doesn't flood and go away. But it's all over the place. Bountiful, Kaysville, Layton, there have been some things of the Weber River just It'll be what everyone will talk about, and everyone's waiting to see if State Street will become a river again, and if that river will be blood, and if Mitt Romney will ride a white horse and save the world. So, but I mean, State Street, a river again, for those who don't know, in 1983, we had some massive flooding throughout the areas because of that kind of. And it wasn't I, blood. It wasn't blood. It was not blood. It was. Blood. It was I, I remember actually as a kid, I was going to church and um, the. Elder, the, the all all the old men are passing the sacrament because the the all the young men had gone to sandbag the Salt Lake Temple. Yeah. So yeah. To protect it. Well, they uh, just said what? the temple, and I was confused because the Provo Temple was in no danger. But yeah, yeah. I was no eight, the so Salt Lake Temple. Come yes. on, that Come was on. when we had two temples. Well, <laughs> Ogden three, Provo. All oh, right, so there oh, were a few. a few more. Yeah. So but, one fun thing though, three hundred and fifteen. The, the church donating the water though. Um. The forever. I, so I printed out the article and it cracked me up because the version I have on this, those who the Patreon saints can see mm -hmm. the whole thing up here. The art, the the guy who um, wrote this particular one, this picture of him here is Ben Winslow from um, local Fox 13. Um, and I follow him on Twitter. I didn't realize mm -hmm. he's the one who wrote this particular article until I printed it. Um, but I'm like, he's a good dude. I've, I've, I've followed him for some time. And, um, so when I, I needed a, a journalist in my, in my, my book that just, that just came out, I'm like, I'll name him Ben. <laughs> There you go. Does he so, know? I, I mentioned this shortly before the book came out. So his name is Ben Winslow. My character is Ben Winsley, just so okay. it's not, you know. But sure. yeah, so if you read him toward the last few chapters of the book, that a journalist shows up named Ben, and he's a good guy. It's inspired by Ben Winslow. But does he know that? Have you told him? I I, I, t I tweeted about it about a week okay. or two, a, week, a couple weeks before the book came out. So yeah. Okay. So that's okay. Kind of, he, he's like, cast... I can't remember what it was. I mentioned something other about, oh, I should have given him a beard because he has a beard. And he goes, <laughs> well, he goes, maybe in a sequel. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. We'll, we'll see. Maybe I'll have a sequel with Ben Lindsley. Uh, a couple horrible stories. So if uh, children are listening at this point, uh, consider this your warning, I suppose. Um, this from Logan, a former local leader of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is facing criminal charges for allegedly sexting with a teenage girl in his congregation. A 38-year-old Trenton man is facing four counts of enticing a minor by internet or text, a second-degree felony. Andrew was reportedly serving as a counselor in the ward's bishopric with the bishop and another counselor. The three men would oversee the operations of the congregation, including the records, uh, as the communications uh began andrew would text the teen girl a religious advice but as the communications went on the text turns inappropriate and very very sexually graphic the alleged victim reported the actions to the bishop who reportedly removed andrew from his, his position in the ward according to barchi which is the uh, lieutenant the sheriff's lieutenant up there um Ugh. peck said it appears from the evidence that andrew was attempting to groom the girl to have sex with him the communications ended supposedly before the relationship became physical so great that he got you know that he got busted before anything you know beyond that could occur uh, yeah, for that bishop listening to the young woman 
Yes. And, and, ta- and taking action and not being like, oh, I'll, I'll tell him to knock it off and let's forgive him, which sure. happens as well. So good on that, Bishop. Yeah, for believing her and for turning him in rather than yep. saying, oh, you know what? Did This might ruin this person's life or yep. what about his family or any of these things yep. um, that we find not happening in Arizona with the huge case. I'm not sure if exactly. you saw this, um, but the courts in Arizona ruled that, hey, yeah, the church doesn't have to disclose any of the things Ugh. that that uh, that could um incriminate the the person because of the clergy privilege in Arizona. What are we doing? Guys, we can do better. This is not cool. I I just, I just like, I understand, I suppose the way that, you know, people are like, well, it puts a big financial target on our back, blah, blah, all the things, right? Like, I don't agree with it at all, but I at least understand it. But I don't know how you can say this, like in any any sense of this, I don't know how you can say, yeah, sure, this is how Jesus would want this, I'm sure. I'm sure that he'd want, you know, to to have this person be uh, assaulted at worst or, you know, enticed at at very least or whatever the things right no don't 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 why why would we why would we think that the church will take care of it and that the law needs to be void from it i don't understand it no one has given me an argument no. that makes me at in the slightest go oh i can oh, okay. see that that yeah. makes sense i don't understand that if someone no. breaks the law that person who broke the law should be turned over to the law and if they didn't in fact break the law then they hopefully fingers crossed won't be sentenced but likely if they broke the law or turned over to law enforcement they will face the appropriate punishment based on the thing that hopefully. they did well, and that's the sad thing. I, I know several women um, that I met when, you know, blogging was a bigger thing and, mm-hmm. you know, especially Mormon mommy blogger things um, and who've, who've left because of, you know, spiritual trauma because they were not believed. It's like, oh, sure. well, you know, my brother-in-law molested me when I was for years when I was a kid. I told my parents, I told my bishop and they're like, oh, you need to forgive him. He's repented now. Um, and then, or someone, I mean, it's what, or maybe it's a leader, whoever. And I've seen this many times where they're like, no one will, I can't stay in, in a place where I'm told that I'm the problem because I'm not forgiving my abuser who was never held accountable. Right. That's not okay, guys. Like, right. what, what are we even doing? And no, we're, we can't let predators stick around because the atonement's a thing. Like, no, let's, yeah. let's protect our victims. Yeah. The atonement can be a thing. And, and, that person can, you know, face yes. the consequences for in the fact, actions of which uh, there's a there's a gentleman um, that I'm aware of in a congregation. I'm not going to talk names, obviously, but he was um, convicted um, some time ago for um, molesting. I believe it was actually a granddaughter um, went to jail, is now out of jail uh, or prison or whatever, whichever it was, um, but is not no longer allowed to attend a family ward, is encouraged to attend a singles ward. Hmm. and sacrament meeting only or something like that but is not allowed to be in the building when there are children and i was like wow thank you like he's served his time yes he's repented but this is someone who was likely to reoffend. let's not leave that open as a possibility but here's a way he can still go to church and participate but not when there are children and i'm like thank you i was seriously was so grateful to hear that that was how it was being handled you know um so yeah anyway there are ways to do this guys there really is a uh, couple just quick stories. Um, one, uh, the hottest ticket in town, that Saratoga Springs temple, uh, being able to check that out. Are you and your family of the Utah County going to go check it out? Probably. I haven't, yeah. I haven't gotten our tickets. It's been a crazy month. Yeah. Yeah. Between travel well, don't worry, and you have forever. It and, seems yes. to be able to do the so Saratoga. What are the dates? Yeah. I know. Corey's told us, I'm sure I'll have to go look up the dates and find yeah. the tickets. And there's, I think, like five or 6,000 tickets that are made available each day. And you can always go, if you find yourself coming to the state of Utah or you live in the state of Utah, you can always go. And if you just prepare yourself like an adult to wait a long time and not feel entitled, you can just go wait in line and be able to see it. It's a great thing. Um, I don't know that we have plans yet to go do that, but my wife and I will likely do that. We also are trying to figure out our uh, Helena Temple plans to be able to go see that. That's That's later next month. Uh, Aghanian King, we talked about this briefly, uh, attended uh, 
LDS General Conference, as well as visited with church leaders and church headquarters. It's interesting because uh, Ghana uh, has several kings. Um, and, and I guess the best way that I can equate this is, you know, the United States is a nation with different states with governors. There are various kings of various parts of the country of Ghana. And that, that's rough and probably crude way of describing it. But uh, one of the kings, the king of Accra, Ghana, came here. And of course, people who know about the church in Ghana, that's where the MTC is. Uh, and that I believe there is a temple there as well. So uh, interesting thing. And then this, this sweet little um, kind of, you know, kind of fun feature piece that LDS Living does talks about uh, President Bonnie H. Corden, how when she was able to serve her mission, she was able to serve with her sister. Oh, cool. As a mission companion. No way. Yeah, so oh, you that can, is awesome. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's exactly what it sounds like, which is like, hey, you're going to be serving with your sister. And they both have the same name. Um, probably not something that you would see today, although I bet it probably happened in the same mission um, when you had uh, two elders or an elder and sister or two sisters serving during COVID because so many people couldn't go to one place and so had to come to a different place stateside. Um, but but rare and an interesting read, and you can find that link in the show notes as well. Uh, what else do you have? Just a, I won't read a bunch of it, but it's there's this really cool spotlight on um, the, this fabulous record-breaking um, volleyball coach from BYU. Um, I'm forgetting what his first uh, is it the men, men's volleyball or women's volleyball? Yes, men's volleyball. Carl McGowan. Um, and it's, it was, it, it kind of goes through his entire career when he first started doing volleyball coaching. That wasn't what he was planning on doing. He was a golfer. He was, um, a like a motion. Oh gosh. Anyway, something about <laughs> it was a physical, a physical education, but it was like motion science or something like that. Anyway, okay. um, professor. And so they're like, Oh, but we're going to have you coach volleyball. He's like, you're going to what now? Yeah. Um, but he studied it. He actually went to Poland when it was still a part of the Soviet Union and studied how they did it and came back with new techniques. He was doing like stats before anyone else was doing that kind of thing. Um, his first season, they lost. They their 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 um their their season was two twenty seven, like which was not a great two season. Two and twenty seven. Wow. Two and twenty seven. That is a bad first season. So it's, it's, this one little section of it. So his son later actually ended up coaching after him and, and talked about some of this. But he said. Um, he would say, so this is quoting his dad. He goes, I wish upon all of you a two and 27 season. People would kind of sit up straight. And he says, because you know what happens when you go two and 27? You will do anything to not let that happen again. <laughs> it kind of reminded me of like, like Michael Jordan, how he was, didn't make his high school team. People go, oh, that was stupid. I'm like, that probably pushed him to, to get better. Anyway, sure. he went on um, to, he retired in 2002. He since passed away, but he had two national titles. Um, and four gold medals in the Olympics wow. um, and whatnot. Yeah, they're just saying this is just an amazing thing. And now um, he eventually he, he came back to BYU at one point and serving as a volunteer assistant under his son, Chris, um, co who coached from 2012 to 2015. It's a really cool little feature in the Desert News about him and his life growing up in um, South, Southern California with a single mom without his own dad and how he got into golfing and moving to Utah and all of these cool things. But it's a, it's a really cool feature. Hmm. Um, we round out some stories here. Uh, I have a list. This is kind of fun. We haven't done a list in a good long time. List. Uh, five little known facts about the publication of the Book of Mormon. Uh, I'll just sort of read the, uh, the headlined or bulleted points. Uh, you can find the link in the show notes if you'd like to read more. Did you know, Annette Luthi Lyon, this is the first little known fact. Okay. Did you know the first portions of the Book of Mormon available to the public were pirated please do tell well Wait. so what happened was uh they were using the uh, grandin printing office and a guy came in and stole them and put them in the newspaper not not like the whole book but like pages chapters yeah. of the book and then you know joseph smith had to be like hey probably not let's not do that please and thank you so Interestingly enough, cool. the first portions of the Book of Mormon available to the public were pirated. Here's number two. A non-Latter-day Saint played an essential role in how we read the Book of Mormon today. Uh, typesetter John H. Gilbert uh, recalled later in his life that he punctuated most of the Book of Mormon, at mm -hmm. times interpreting the tricky wording of the text. 
Gilbert's punctuation still influences the punctuation found in the current English edition of the Book of Mormon. So in a small way, a non-Latter-day Saint assisted millions of Latter-day Saints in reading this sacred scripture. That also explains why some of the edits down the road have been on punctuation. Mm -hmm. that's the, mm -hmm. Yeah, a comma can like change the meaning. And if that wasn't probably what was intended, maybe we can tweak this here. So, yeah. and, and interesting to know, have all of the changes maybe been uh, corrected, right? We believe that it's living and growing and, you know, all the things. Maybe there is still yet to come a comma that that will change. In fact, as the uh, as the uh, article of faith goes, the 14th article of faith, we believe in commas, <laughs> in the commas that have come, that there the are commas and, and for the commas that There's may more yet. Commas. Yeah, that may yet. We impact. believe in the Oxford comma. Please, please, please. Yeah. please, please oh, don't get here. her started. Do not get her started. <laughs> uh, the book order for the Book of Mormon was five to 25 times greater than other books of its day. That one, uh, you know, a lot of people know that the uh, the original 5,000 copies of the Book of Mormon was $3,000 a big chunk for that day in a day a common print was less than a thousand copies so it was just unheard of uh the binding for the book of mormon mirrored the bible uh meaning uh the way the book of mormon was banned bound sent a strong signal about about its importance before readers even opened it meaning it looked similar the way that it was bound to how the bible was and Meaning people do judge books by their covers. Exactly. So covers are yeah. important. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's a yeah, that's a joke and a lie. You can't judge a book by its cover. Well, I guess that's not we do. that part's we not do. a lie. But we do but judge we a do. book by its cover, unfortunately. Yep. yep. Uh and then the final in this five part little known facts is that the Book of Mormon manuscripts have their own interesting history. When Joseph Smith finished dictating the text of the Book of Mormon to Oliver Cowdery, he instructed Cowdery to make a second copy. The original Book of Mormon manuscript was kept by Joseph Smith until it was deposited in the cornerstone of the Nauvoo House in 1841. Over time, much of that manuscript was destroyed by water or mold. The second copy of the Book of Mormon manuscript, often called the printer's manuscript, was used by compositors to set the type for the first edition in 1830, the printer's manuscript was used again for the second edition, which was published in Kirtland, Ohio. In 1837, David Whitmer, one of the three witnesses to the Book of Mormon plates, was the eventual custodian of the printer's manuscript. Later in his life, Whitmer enjoyed telling people how the manuscript was miraculously preserved from a tornado and from potential thieves. So, kind of an interesting story there. Five little-known facts about the publication of the Book of Mormon. I love it. We've got only a few more minutes. What else you got? Okay, this is a quick one. Um, so a BYU animation um, student-made animation film, short, about a mischievous axolotl, those little, the little fishies that look kind of like, like a little fringe collar-looking thing, mm -hmm. um, in a lost underwater Mayan world, took home the top animation prize at the College Television Awards in April. Wow. Um, April 1st. So it's considered a student Emmy and it's called Cinote. I think C, it looks like C, C note, but mm -hmm. it's, but this pronounced a little differently. Cinote, C E N O T E. And one of the students involved um, comes from an area where you know, the Mayan history is, is strong. And so his cultural heritage informed a lot of the story and whatnot. So there's a little um, video here. I didn't, I didn't find the video itself, but there's a little. I got three minute thing talking about their win and the students talking about their movie that they made. Very cool. BYU does their animation program. Um, a lot of that's where like Pixar goes to recruit and stuff. So sure. They, they sure. know what they're doing. They're because stuff. of the connection too with uh, Catmull, Ed Catmull uh, being a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And then obviously he was the head of Pixar for a while. And, and I'll throw it out. Maybe a future guest of the cultural hall. Fingers that are crossed. Cool. Why not? Um, it this, worked with Brandon Sand or Brandon Flowers, right? So. Yeah, it worked with Brandon Flowers. It's going to work with Brandon Sanderson, a Freudian slip on your behalf, but yep. true, going to happen. Um, this we haven't shared, and I've been holding on to this. It was just at the end. Um, th this happened in the Democratic Republic of the Congo over a month ago. It's just because it was at the, the bottom and and uh, for no reason, but uh, heavy hearts that they sh they share that a full-time missionary of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints passed away unexpectedly. Elder Jean Lendo Puete, uh, age 26 of the Democratic Republic of the Congo. He'd been serving in the Mabuji Mai 
mission in his home country since August 2021. He uh, passed away in a hospital a short time after he began feeling ill. The cause of death remains uh, undetermined, although he experienced symptoms related to a cardiac event while at the hospital. Uh, prayers go to his family, friends, fellow missionaries, and those in his home community that they may be comforted by the Savior's love during the time of the morning. So I wanted to make sure we shared that. I'd hung on to that and mm. wanted to get that out there. I'm trying to see if there is other things. Uh, this sort of interesting and kind of a, an aside has tangentially to do with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, the state of Idaho bucked the national trend by increasing the number of religious adherents across all denominations, according to the 2020 census. Every other state uh, exhibited less adherence to religious denominations, but the state of Idaho, 4.2% more than uh, where it was at the start of the millennium, so year 2000. So in this 2020 census, uh, interesting to note, and that nationally, uh, that religion has been declining since the 1950 census. So, interesting. Not Utah, Idaho. That's where Zion is. That's where we should go, <laughs> and it's why we should go and 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 be up there and follow the daybells because they know what they're doing. We should follow that. I'm not sure if uh, people outside of the Inner Mountain West have been following this story, but the um. The craziness that is the Lori Vallow Daybell case. I'm working on getting our friend from East Idaho News, Nate Eaton. He'll likely be in our next news episode um, because the trial has begun. Um, they ruled that uh, Tammy Daybell, which is Chad's um, uh, first wife, who passed away, uh, and they were like, "No, we don't. We 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 don't want to do a, a an autopsy. Let's not do this." And then they rushed. Uh, you know, um, uh, the funeral service, um, like three days between when mm -hmm. she had died to when the funeral was. Normally, it's a week. Uh, said no autopsy. It rules that uh, that she died by asphyxiation, and so Whoa. charged with her murder. Oh gosh, I kind of assumed it was going to be like a a toxin, like a poison kind of yeah. situation. That's yeah. Yeah. Well, and and also, I I I cannot help but think that he moved to Idaho with this in mind because if, if she had died in utah uh, an autopsy would have been mandatory by law oh i'm sure so i'm sure saying. yeah oh, gosh. Th this premeditated gross but people are fixated on especially here in the inner mountain west on the uh lori vallow case people you know family members testifying community uh uh chad's kids have been witnesses up to this point and they're just... still in his court they still think he's innocent right if I remember correctly or last i saw it anyway it seemed like his kids were like oh no it's all tammy and her brother you, or, they didn't... You, Lori and her brother Lori, sorry Lori yeah. and her brother yeah sorry. yeah the, 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 the chad's kids were thinking that their own father did had nothing to do with it i mean the strongest but case I... that they have the strongest case that they have that is chad and or Lori, is to blame it on the other person because mm -hmm. if they can cast reasonable doubt that it wasn't them but that the other person acted you know i either aside from them or because of them sort of took that on for them that that's the the um greatest chance that they have to lessen the thing it's yeah. just gross and the way it's, that religion, be, people will be like, why are you even talking about this? The way that religion is interwoven into this story. If you haven't, there's so several books, several books that have been written, lots of podcasts. And to be able to really get into how, how you can see, first of all, how crazy it is, right? Mm -hmm. But then secondly, how nearly adjacent to not so crazy what we believe you know, going to church every Sunday sort of thing is, right? The the line between the two, it it is just a small exception. And then the deviance that comes from that small exception is how they got there. It wasn't mm -hmm. they you didn't know, just jump there. We should yeah, yeah it wasn't this jump mm -hmm. to we should kill it. It was it anyway. Fascinating. It's, so I'm looking forward yeah. to having that conversation with Nate Eaton as we get yeah, the uh the follow-up on all that. But that is not this episode. We are at the end of this episode, meaning we hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. We hope that if you are unwell, that you will be able to listen next week. 
and that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Chris at Alpine Lakes Travel, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, and Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast will be saving a seat for you. On the back row? Of? Of? The, the cultural, cultural hall. hall. Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat. On the back row.